Have you been struggling to make solid cinematic films? Do you watch other filmmakers and wonder why their products look so good? You need training. Good, specialized training. Something that is easy to digest and that you can take safely at home. I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about full-time filmmaker. Parker Wahlbeck and his team have put together an amazing course with over 400 training videos. Everything from Wedding Video Pro with Jake Weisler to how to edit with Premiere or Final Cut. Imagine getting proper, real-world training you can do at home. Imagine the impact that would have on your work, your skills increase, your quality increases, and then so do your prices. Click on our affiliate link below, take the free online training on their top 10 secrets to achieving cinematic shots, and see what full-time filmmaker can do for you. We did it, and it propelled our business. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Wedding Videography for Beginners podcast. I am your host, Phil Beabout, and today we were talking about high-end wedding etiquette with George Hermiotis. George is Greek, and he's not going to be too mad at me for butchering his last name. Uh, I love George. I've, I've had a chance to work with him a couple of times. He's, he's awesome. He does some just unbelievably high-end weddings that... You hear us talk about it at the stateroom, you know, the four seasons, that kind of stuff. And he goes over just some basics on what you should be doing in order to kind of attract the attention that you want to continue to shoot high-end weddings. So we we had a great conversation about that. Um, super appreciative he came on. You know, some of you might actually know George from his roles at NACE. Uh, he's been best of Boston in 2019. And he's also part of the Boston Wedding Group. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this. Grab a pen, sit down, take some notes. It was great talking to George and let's let's get to it. George, thank you so much for being here. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, I let's let's kind of jump right in. Let's start at the big at the beginning. You have such a unique story when it comes to the family business. Were how how did that let's let's go back in time just a little bit and how did that family business start? Yeah. So, well, thanks for having me first off. And, uh, so our family, we're going on our fourth decade now that my parents started the business, um, in 1992 and I was just three years old from like a little home office and they have a little Cape house and there's that little room in the back corner. Um, so my dad was always interested in photography and, uh, they had a family friend whose brother was getting married and she asked my dad if he wanted to film the wedding because they also had video cameras and stuff. And, uh, yeah, they just filmed the wedding. She's kind of persistent because my dad's kind of shy, kind of like me. And um, they filmed the wedding and the rest is history. And we're, we're also Greek. So once they filmed that first Greek wedding and uh, word got out that my dad, Steve, was filming Greek weddings. All the Greeks were like coming to my parents to be like, will you film our daughter's wedding? And <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. How how did you feel moving into the family business? So I never, I always told myself I would never film weddings. <laughs> uh, it kind of, like the equipment back then was just like, you know, ginormous yeah. and all the big tripods big and the wheels. Rig. Yeah. And it wasn't as fun as like what we have now with all the gimbals and like lighting and audio and all that stuff. And so I always told myself I wasn't going to get into it. 
I saw how hard my parents worked and how stressful a wedding day could be. But um, I went to school. Yeah, you're running around all day. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Um, But I went to school for marketing and communications. And that kind of led to me working at ad agencies in the broadcast department. So I kind of always just did video, even though I wasn't doing weddings. Yeah, you gravitated towards um, it. Yeah. Yeah. So then my parents needed help with something. This was about the time they got their office on Newberry Street. Um, I helped them film a wedding. I started going to like a couple of their events at their office. And I just started enjoying hanging out with all the people in the industry. And I thought the idea of being my own boss sounded kind of nice. So that kind of just got into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, so I have a friend of mine who is kind of in the same boat. It's a completely different industry. His dad owned a small greenhouse. And when he got out of the military, he didn't want anything to do with it. Like he went to work at a hospital and that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah. finally his dad convinced him to like help him out. And it's crazy. At they went from one greenhouse to 12 and now Clint won grower of the year, like two years ago. Like it's, <laughs> it's really crazy. He got a, uh, an honorary PhD at Texas tech for horticulture. So he gets like wow. interns now and that kind of stuff to work for him. It's, it's, yeah. A little, but yeah, it's, it's crazy that, you know, when you watch your parents do something, you just kind of don't want to do it. And that's nothing yeah. like, and that, you know, it seems like, but when people get looped in, they do such a good job at it. And I think it's because yeah. they watched it while they were growing up. Like, I think that's exactly, they grew up with it. It's kind of in the back of their mind. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I edited, I, I made my mother show me how to use Final Cut Pro uh, back in the day. And I kind of just taught myself, when it was 10 CDs. She taught me the basics. What? <laughs> when it was 10 CDs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she had like a hard drive. She still has the hard drives that like they held like four gigabits of of data on them or something. Yep. But um, yeah, you just kind of grow up with it and you know the inner workings. So one, one I know I'm kind of jumping the gun with this, but just something that I, I do want to talk to you about, you know, maybe hopefully on another podcast would be legacy businesses because most videographers kind of die out within like a year, two years and to go for 40 plus years is a big statement. So I, you know, I'd really want to, that's not, you know, today we're going to be talking about high end wedding etiquette and that kind of stuff, but I want to, I want to circle back one of these days and talk about like building a legacy brand because that's, yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome. I think just, well, the main thing is you can't be afraid of, of change. You know, you have to change with the times because we even have um, uh, because, you know, we're Greek. So we have a restaurant in the family (laughs) and in order for, you know, my the the elders didn't want to start doing like getting on Uber Eats and DoorDash and all that. But especially during the pandemic, kind of forced them to. So, you have to change with the times and stay relevant. Yeah, we I did a uh, I did a podcast that I called Semper Gumby. Because the uh, in the Marine Corps, you, you say, so Semper Fidelis is the motto for the Marine Corps. So, of course, we adapted it to Semper Gumby, which means always flexible because something is always changing. <laughs> like, there's never yeah. <laughs> like Semper Gumby, <laughs> just keep on marching. But, uh, yeah. So, have you, where do you think your most favorite wedding location has been? Um, probably all of the high end 
wedding locations like that we work at in Boston. We mostly shoot Boston weddings because our address is on Newberry Street in Boston. So the brides kind of find us there. So Four Seasons, Fairmont, Stateroom, Boston Harbor, those are our four big ones that we're constantly working at. And they just make shooting our job so easy. You know, everything's usually all in one location. Even if it's not, it's easy to get to a church in the city and they take care of us there. Yeah, no, that's a that's a perfect segue into this high-end wedding market discussion. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I love your work. Um, how do you think you broke into this high-end market? Like what, what do you think started to propel you from somebody like me who's just like, I, I call them normal. I shoot just normal weddings, nothing crazy. <laughs> like that's, you know, Pine Hills, that kind of stuff. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but how, how did you break into say the stateroom? Oh, and wait, yeah. so for people um, that don't know, the stateroom is an amazing venue in downtown Boston. It's, it's up on what, like the 30th floor. No, like the 65th. 65th. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's it's got crazy views of the city. Like the stateroom is pretty much photographer, videographer. Like it's it's the dream. It's the dream shoot. So Right in front of the clock tower yeah. in Boston, you know, Boston Harbor views. It's beautiful. Yeah, so but, what, um, yeah, what did you do to get, to get to that point? I mean, so I was really lucky. The fact that I got into an already established business that my parents, you know, put their blood, sweat and tears into. Um, But they, I feel like they, my mom especially did a really good job at networking and networking as much as I hate it. And I know a lot of people hate networking. It's really important to just get out there and get your face, you know, your face out there and talk to people and get to know different people. Um, we belong to many different networking groups in Boston and a lot of our work has just come from going to those meetings and then volunteering to film a meeting. And then if you, you know, then they post your videos, people see that and just get your name out there and then people start to take notice of you. You know, it's funny that you mentioned, well, it's not funny. It's just, I've never heard someone say, so we, you know, I've talked about networking and, uh, but one thing that really stood out to me with what you just said was that, you know, when you go to the meeting, then you often, you offer to, to video the meeting. Like that's a genius idea. That's a- <laughs> yeah. They're always looking. And even if you notice that someone at, at any event, it doesn't have a videographer, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to somebody and be like, Hey, I'd love to offer my services and do a really cool, like recap video of your event. Do you get your foot in the door? Yeah, no, I think, I think that's a, that's a, a crazy good idea. Do you, do you do a lot of work with planners? Um, we do do a lot of work with planners. Most of the time though, they are hired after the fact. Mm. So we get a lot of referrals and it's mostly from venues or like a makeup artist that referred us or something. Um, but usually we work with planners and they're hired usually after the fact. And then they'll reach out to us and be like, Hey, I'm so excited to work with you. We're also working on Jack and Jill's wedding, you know? Oh, Jack and Jill. Yeah. 
so I guess, you know, if networking, if networking is king, what do you think is queen? If that makes sense. Um, I know that was an off the wall question. I just thought of that right now. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Not to be cheesy because I the topic of this pod of this segment, but I think presenting yourself in a professional way, um, and you know your etiquette and how you hold yourself also plays a big part in people taking notice of you. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know, I know. Once, once we come back from the break, we're gonna. I want to really want to uh, to dive into that etiquette, and then I also want to kind of talk about etiquette recovery, just to see what what you think people might be able to do on that end. But I guess when it comes to higher end markets, I've I've been consistently hearing networking, and that's not that's not a, a joke. Like I've been hearing the same thing over and over and over again. So I really want to make sure that people that are listening understand that everyone that is shooting higher end weddings always says the same thing. They always say it's networking. It's knowing venues. It's knowing, you know, planners, makeup artists, like it's, it's boiling down to who, you know, which is very, like, that's very important, especially if you want to get one. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Just like, you know, one connection can lead to another and then it's just a huge spider web effect. Yeah, no. And that's, you know, we, I did, I did a podcast with Phil about networking because Phil loves networking. And what I was talking to him about was I met you through NACE. Mm -hmm. You put me in touch with David. David put me Mm -hmm. in touch with like, it's like seven degrees of separation. Like it's really funny at how, how you're right. Like networking, it builds this like crazy web, I guess is the way to look at it. Like you, you make one connection, you know, you're nice to that connection. You, you know what I mean? Like you, and then you build more and more and more and then your business is really impacted by it. And one thing that him and I talk about is that genuine connection piece. Like it's, you know, I, with working with Phil and you, like, I don't remember, either one of us, the only time I've ever asked you for something, George, is when it was to come on the podcast. (laughs) It's not, you know, like there's never been an ulterior motive. And I think that's really important that people also understand. Like it's not a, uh, I'm not, I'm not talking to George because I think George can do something for me later on down the road. I'm talking to George because he's my friend and I like talking to George. Like there's, there's a big people. That's another thing is that people can tell when you're being your true authentic self. So you don't have to like put on an act to think that I need to act a certain way to like get into a high end venue. People in high end venues, they also enjoy someone that is themselves and, you know, they can relate to, you know, have a conversation with and talk. Yeah, I know I can, I can tend to talk too much. So like I could, you know, feel free to tell me to shut up at any given point. Uh, My wife does, but yeah. So, well, why don't we, why don't we take a quick break? Why don't we take a break for a second? Uh, And then when we come back, let's, let's dig into etiquette because George has got a lot of stories and I want to hear these stories. Like, I think this is going to be a really good, really good segment. So let's take a quick break and then we'll, we'll be right back to talk about etiquette and etiquette recovery. All right. 
Do you still email a PDF for a contract? Are you struggling to remember who you sent files to or what those files were? You need a solid CRM, a customer relation management tool, a program that will send professional files and contracts all on your behalf. One that does not need to be printed, signed, and emailed back. Is this the Stone Age? You need HoneyBook. We've been using them for years now, and it increased our productivity by taking menial tasks and automating them. You can set up custom workflows to automatically send emails, payment reminders, thank you responses, etc. You can send brochures, questionnaires, and invoices too. We have three set up. One for when a couple inquires, one for after a call with a couple, and one for a booked wedding with nine steps. That saves us so much time on the back end. What would you do with more time? Spend more time with your family, spend more time working on creative projects, or just simply relaxing. Use our affiliate link below to save 50% on your first year. Go ahead. It's on us. Start saving time and money today. Hi, everybody. Welcome back from break. Like I said, I wanted to go right into high-end wedding etiquette. George has assured me that he has plenty of stories of people doing the exact wrong things during a wedding. So I am unbelievably excited (laughs) to talk about this for a few minutes. So let's, let's see what, what do you got? (laughs) Well, the biggest, the biggest number one no, no that I can think of is, you know, don't get drinks from the bar. And I've seen, I won't even go up to the bar to ask for like a Diet Coke or a water just because I don't want any guests to think that I'm getting a drink. Um, I actually bring my own cooler with candy because I love candy and sugar to keep me going. Uh, Diet Cokes, waters, I I like supply them to the photographers that we work with. But I've seen a lot of, especially band members, band members I feel like love to go to the bar and drink, have a couple drinks wine or something it might get them going but um i've also seen photographers going to the bar and getting drinks or like a florist i don't know you can just see the look on the like bartender's face like oh you're ordering a captain coke like or a glass of red wine aren't you supposed to be working um yeah i've i've actually done plenty of events with photographers that have drank the mm-hmm. entire time, like the yeah. entire reception, like they'll go over and get, you know, let me get a, let me get a little vodka. Like that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's I uh, mean, at least if I've you're going to drink that a lot. Yeah. If you're going to drink, bring your own and don't let anybody know you're doing it. Yeah. A little nip in your pocket. Not that I advise that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd look worse. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I, uh, so, but I, I will go to the bar though and grab like water I, so I've, I've definitely grabbed the diet Coke and that kind of stuff from the bar. Like I've won. Yeah. I mean, that. I have, I've done that too, but I, I just feel weird doing it, especially if there's a long line and I'm waiting in line with mm, other guests yeah. and I'm just afraid I'm going to miss something. I've learned there's, I just have this like little black cooler and it actually has like, um, you put the whole thing in the freezer and it has ice packs on the walls and it keeps your drinks cold all day. And it's perfect for that type of running, gunning, needing the water yeah. type of thing. Yeah, but no, that's a something great idea. else that I've 
something else I've seen them do is during the cocktail hour, I, I'll be like, you know, filming details and getting guests. Mm-hmm. And I look over and I see the photographers or even band members. Um, it's just like, you know, helping themselves to like the lobster rolls or the charcuterie boards and just eating all the food right in front of all the guests during cocktail hour when I'm like, shouldn't you be like taking some photos of these? There's great candids over here. So I've looked over and they just like wave to me. <laughs> and I'm like my jaws on the floor. That's just me though. Yeah, it's, it's a good thing we're going to talk about etiquette recovery because I'm definitely guilty of snatching stuff off the oh, no. plates as they're going fast. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to make you feel bad. Oh man, we're going. The, I'm going the wrong way down the accountability ladder right now. <laughs> That's again why I have a cooler with just snacks of my own. Bring and I just snacks. eat it, man. And staying on the topic of food, I. Um, never ask the coordinator, when are we going to eat? No, I've seen that is, I think that is because I know some coordinators and that is the one question that they're just, their eye starts twitching. Like, (laughs) are you really asking me? Because usually it's when they're trying to get the food out to all the guests, make sure that the food's still warm when they get it to their tables and all that. I'm, usually starving at that point and i will i would love to ask where am i eating and when am i eating but they have they have their job and one thing on their mind to get the food out to the guests then they'll feed the vendors yeah you know and just not to be argumentative with that one one thing that's always really struck me (laughs) is like the four to six meals for the photographers videographer and dj like why those can't come out pretty much right away for us to just knock out eating. That way we can go right back to shooting and then we definitely won't miss something. Cause I noticed yeah. that, you know, a third of the way through dinner, we're, you know, hanging out trying to get our meals and then they want to, yep. they want to roll into something like cake cutting speeches or something. And if we would have ate totally. at the very top, I under, you know, I get that. And I understand that but that's just the way they do it. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to cause waves or make waves because ultimately you want them to enjoy working with you and you want them to refer you and ask you back. So yeah, I mean, I'll I'll do whatever they tell me. Yeah. Just to be clear. I've never, never brought that up to one of them. That's just me talking. Yeah, right oh, now. of course. Like, I've never yeah, yeah, like, yeah. looked at somebody. Well, why didn't you feed us first? <laughs> I've never <laughs> done that. So. Yeah. Even though I this have this is just a private conversation people. between two friends. Yeah, yeah. That's not <laughs> going to be broadcast all over the internet here in a couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, something else yeah. is definitely your attire. Mm. I don't know. Like when I usually like to like dress for the occasion. I wear. I end up wearing all black just because I feel like it just fits in better and I can be more inconspicuous. But um, I've seen people wear, you know, like nice pants and a shirt and a tie. I personally can could never film a whole wedding in a tie. It just strangles me too much. But some people do. I've also seen people wear like cargo cargo pants, Mm -hmm. you know, like khaki cargo pants. And they're just uh, filming a wedding at the four seasons and they just stand out like a sore thumb. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen people show up in like 
khaki cargo shorts. Oh and gosh. I remember yeah. like talking to Brittany, like, dude, how how is that even possible right now? <laughs> what yeah. is going on here? Uh but yeah, no, I, I, wear- I definitely try to wear all black. Uh I actually, yeah. you know, it's funny you brought that up. I was talking to Brittany a couple of weeks ago about uh switching it to wearing a shirt and tie. Like I think that we're crossing into that that realm of like, you know, the black dress shirt that I have. Like I, I should probably like step it up a little bit. Like that's that's kind of what we were chatting about. Definitely. I can't wear a shirt and tie. I think I have like a size like 18 neck or something. <laughs> so just finding a shirt that will fit my neck and then putting a tie on it is just a recipe for disaster. And I always wear black because I'm running around all day and I am a sweater. So if I wore white, I will, my shirt will be like see-through by the end of the day. That goes to high-end wedding etiquette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, I think, I definitely think that you need to dress the part. And not that me and Brittany dress, you know, horrible. It's not like I'm showing up in flip-flops, but. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I've seen, I've seen one, one or two arguments at a wedding and it was at like a high end venue and it was between two vendors Oh, and I was just like, I couldn't believe that they were fighting. It wasn't like all, an all out brawl, but it was an argument on, on the dance floor in front oh. of everybody. Yeah. Uh, it was a photographer put their flash near the band's like speaker system. And that was where the um, the sound engineer engineer mm-hmm. that's where he was like standing, and that was his like path to walk through. And he just like moved the flash by himself, and it was like completely on the other side of the room. So the photographer went over, and they started just going at it right in front of the band on the empty dance floor while everybody was eating. <laughs> yeah, I uh, <clears throat> no, I've. I've never, I've never seen people argue. Not like that. At least I've, I've actually seen, you know, obviously people that are at the event, like them, them argue that kind of stuff, but I've never seen, I've never No, And then, you know, one thing that I guess me and Brittany really pride ourselves on is interacting with the other vendors and making sure that like our number one priority is obviously the couple. So there's no real reason why we should be battling with the photographer. Like there's no, everybody has the same objective at the end of the day. And exactly. Yeah. Like I, I um, no, go ahead. Oops. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I always, even if I sometimes videographers and photographers, they kind of have this cat and dog, mm-hmm. um, like, uh, reputation, uh, where, you know, the photographers won't enjoy working with a videographer because they think that we're going to get in their way or and whatnot. But I always make sure when I first meet the photographer that morning in the bridal suite, I like kill them with kindness. Yeah. So even if, if, even if I feel some like pushback from them, I'm always just smiling. I'm like, Oh, want me to grab your bag for you or and do something. And then by the end of the night, they're like, I really enjoyed working with you. Do you have a card? Uh, I'd love to work with you again. And it's happened multiple times. Yeah. I mean, that, that definitely goes back to that networking piece. Like that's, yep. I, I was looking at a Facebook group either yesterday or today and it showed 
it was a videographer who was complaining about a photographer that was standing up towards the front as the, the, what is that? The recessional when they're, when they're doing the grand yep. exit is they're coming down and he was, or he or she, I can't remember what it was, who it was, but they were like, look, why is the photographer doing that? And my only thought was, why weren't you just standing next to the photographer? <laughs> like, why, <Yeah. laughs> why did you have to be eight feet behind them? Like what? Yeah. And I guess I have a, I have a completely different mindset when it comes to that kind of stuff, because the way that we kind of did things in the military and that kind of stuff is it's, it's typically your fault. So 99% of the time when something is going on, there's something that you could have done differently that would have fixed that. And when you, you get that, it's called extreme ownership. When you, when you get that mentality inside you, like you realize like, Hey, like, I'm not going to complain about a photographer being there. I could have adapted and done something as simple as just walked up next to them. Like it wouldn't have done much (laughs) to my shot. Like why? But you know, I would rather take this screenshot, put it on Facebook and then complain to people. The only thing I see during that is like, why didn't you do that? Like that's so that's, that's my two cents. That's my, it's my soapbox yeah. for the minute. <laughs> what next? I guess some things I do do to kind of, um, keep a, a good rapport with these coordinators is just before, if we know that we're working somewhere and there isn't a, a planner, um, we'll kind of reach out to them right before, right before we're about to work, maybe like a week out and mm-hmm. just say, Hey, this is me. Our, um, ma- our main videographer will be George. This is his cell phone number. If you need anything, feel free to call. We look forward to working with you. And then, you know, when I, when I go to the venue the day of, I make sure that I go up to the coordinator and just don't be shy and introduce yourself, say hello. And, you know, if they're not busy, a lot of times they're running around and they're super busy. That is not a good time to go up and introduce yourself because they won't retain the information and they probably won't appreciate it. You know? Yeah, no, that's really good advice. I never actually thought of it that way. I also, they, they do enjoy when, um, when you, you know, when you first get there, say you're going to set up for the reception and you have all these like empty bags from all your light poles and your equipment. Mm -hmm. Um, I go and find the coordinator and I just ask them, where would you like me to put this? So it's out of the way. And so it's not in your way. And they, I think they really enjoy that because you're trying to work with them. And uh, they appreciate that you want to stay out of the way. A lot of the the venues in Boston, they have a, a whole room just for the vendors that you can just leave your stuff in. Um, the Boston Harbor Hotel, they're great. They they have a room that has waters and cookies all set up for you that you can just go in and you know grab a snack if you need it. And it's set up all day, so that's. That's, I love working there. Um, Four Seasons, they have like four different rooms that you can choose from to put your stuff in. And it's right outside the ballroom. Yeah, I, um, one, one thing that you learn when you're doing like leadership and that kind of stuff is uh, that buy-in and the best way to, to get buy-in from people is to have them part of the decision-making process. 
and to get people a part of that decision is just simply asking the coordinator, like, Hey, where, where would you like me to put this? Mm-hmm. Like that's the, that you're gaining that buy-in you're building that relationship pretty much instantaneously by doing that because they're, they're going to be more receptive to you later on because you included them in what, what it is that you're trying to do. Yeah. So. And even if you're, even if you didn't get a chance or you're too shy or um, not, you know, you, you didn't see the coordinator all day, even just going up to them and asking them that question, that also opens the door to be like, I'm George from SH Videography. Nice to meet you. And then they'll remember you. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I see. Did you have a list? Is that what you've been? Have you, did you write down? I have some of your questions and I wrote down some answers. All right. So we've, I think, I think we've done a really good job of kind of talking about etiquette basics. Like don't, don't eat off the charcuterie board like I do. (laughs) (laughs) Now I feel really bad about doing that. (laughs) (laughs) This is a perfect segue into etiquette recovery. So let's say somebody got off on the wrong foot. Like they've been munching off the past table. The past tray. <laughs> what uh, What do you think I could, I mean, they could do to uh, to kind of repair that image once once they've started to go down the, the wrong road? Like I showed up wearing khaki cargo short shorts and flip-flops and yeah. was drinking and eating. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like I said with the photographers – um, about killing them with kindness, I kind of, I would say do the same thing, but in a way not so in their face. So, I mean, you might've messed up and everybody makes mistakes, but if you, if you get your name out there and you show them, if you like volunteer for different projects or, and say you, you messed up at like the four seasons, but then you got a wedding planner that you, you connected with asked you to do a styled shoot at the four seasons. You're showing your face there again. It shows that the wedding planner trusts you and that, you know, maybe they, maybe, maybe also you're thinking too much into that. You ate off the charcuterie board and no one really cared. (laughs) That's just my own, you know, personal, personal thing. But I think you just gotta, you know, not let that get to you and, you know, get back out there and just show that you are a really valuable piece in the wedding industry. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. I think, yeah. I mean, just showing people that you're still a good person, you're still willing to help, you're still willing to try, you're still willing to, you know, do stuff. Now, obviously if you have the complete wrong mindset and you're just, don't be douchey. I don't know how else to say yeah. that. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't probably not going to be working for very long, but, uh, yeah, you, you bumming me out though about, well, I, I guess I never really drank at, I haven't drank at all during a wedding. Ah, I wait, I take that back. We, all of the vendors were sitting down eating at an event at the uh, Captain Hemmen House. That's what it was. Captain Captain Hemmett mm-hmm. Smith House or whatever down here on the Cape. And the groom came over. Uh, he had a bottle of whiskey 
that he said it took, he was on a waiting list for like four years, like Pappy Van Winkle, I think is what it is. Wow. And he poured all of us a drink. So that I did drink that. And the irony was Brittany took it like a shot and everybody just kind of turned it. I probably shouldn't be saying this right now, <laughs> but everybody just kind of turned and looked at her because she, I mean, she just hit it. She was like, wow, done. And <laughs> everybody was like, that was like a $400 shot. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I probably would have done the same thing. <sighs> I wouldn't know better. I don't have any drinking etiquette. I would have just assumed it's a shot. Yeah, no, it was, uh, but I will not to completely digress now, but that vendor meal was also arguably one of the best vendor meals I had because that they had catered in a company. Oh, I'm trying to think of the name. It's like Cape. I think it might be just like Cape Cod catering or something like that, but they had like lobster and that kind of stuff. But the vendors had uh, ham and brie Cubano sandwiches that were already made. They were wrapped in tin foil, So they were just sitting on the grill, just kept hot. So then as soon as it was time for us, like once we took that break and everybody went over to this picnic table, uh, they just walked over with, with all this food. Like it was perfect timing. Like the food was delicious. We had whiskey and then, <laughs> so yeah, no, it was a, that was a really cool, uh, it was a really cool experience because those, I don't know. So don't, so don't take this wrong. I think I'm not a whiskey connoisseur by any means. So <clears throat> I'm a tequila type of guy, but the, um, me too. <laughs> yeah, I got a bottle of Casamigos upstairs. That's like that's my go-to right now. Like, I'm, yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. So for all those, hopefully, I'm not offending anybody that doesn't drink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a really cool experience because I'll, I'll probably never have that whiskey again. Like that's how unique that that type of thing is. Like that's so. Yeah, if it's offered to you from someone paying you then you can take it <laughs> yeah no and what's funny is literally we're sitting next to photographers just you know like this just kind of chatting and we all like looked at each other like do we do this like is this a test <laughs> but, but that was really cool like it was definitely worth it um great couple great atmosphere like just a perfect it was hurricane dorian was the day before oh wow. yeah so now that we're completely off topic we went down to the beach on the cape the, you know, we did the first look prior to the ceremony and the beach was just, I mean, the waves were roaring, like it was nuts down there. And then as soon as the ceremony let out, no clouds, no nothing, just a perfect summer day on Cape Cod. Like it was just an amazing, it's so, it was so cool putting that video together because the contrast is so crazy because you go from like yeah. one extreme to, yeah, no, it was really cool. It was a really, really cool day. I remember that day. I also had a wedding. Um, I think it was at the Four Seasons, and we were. They, she was so bummed that the hurricane was coming, yeah. And she wanted to take pictures in the public gardens, and it turned out to be the most beautiful day. Yeah, ever. better grab an ND filter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know it was crazy because it's. I got a really cool shot of them coming out of the church, and when they did he like does this and looks around because there's no clouds, no nothing. Like it's just a perfect day. So yeah, no, it was awesome. All right. So to kind of circle back, cause I went off on a little, little diatribe about something completely different. The, if you make mistakes during the wedding day, when it comes to etiquette, like things like George was talking about, whether, you know, you, you grab a drink or you do something, you know, it's probably frowned upon you 
can repair it. You're just going to need to work at it, but you can repair it. You can, you know, just keep forging forward. And I guess in short, what you were talking about is just don't let it bring you down. Just fix it. Like just buckle down, yeah. fix it. and Exactly. Move forward. Yeah. Yep. Shoot, move and communicate. So <laughs> I've got, a, we got an expression for, for everything. Uh, <clears throat> Well, George, do you have do you have any other stories you want to chat about? Got got anything got anything else that's good? If you don't, it's okay. We got one, a couple minutes. I don't think so. My big one was just that fight in the dance floor. That was the grand finale. <laughs> yeah, I I did I did have a wedding where the like the the siblings to the bride were just really mean to her, like re- like mean enough to where I felt uncomfortable. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, one of those things where I was like, man, like this is getting, this is kind of uncalled for. <laughs> like I just, yeah. yeah. So I've, you know, and I don't, I, I, that's the only time I've had an experience like that. So it's not like that's, you know, that was once the wedding was beautiful. Like it was, it was a beautiful day, beautiful wedding, which is a very weird sibling dynamic. I think that they had, which was different. And they're sisters. So you have yeah. to have them in your wedding. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I definitely wasn't going to say anything. You know what I mean? Like, it's not my place to say anything. Yeah. It was just very, it was, it was different. So, I mean, you're going to experience different things as you, you go along and that kind of stuff. And so, yeah. Well, George, it was unbelievably awesome having you on today. I'm so happy that you came on. I can't wait. We got a couple things that I want to chat with you about later on. You know, obviously one being longevity. I'd, I'd like to get you on and talk to you about NACE because we just barely touched on some NACE things. So I'd, I'd like to get you on and talk to you about NACE. Uh, sure. If you guys don't know George, you know, you can follow him at SH Videography on Instagram and you can check out his work at uh, shvideography.com. You know, like I said, I really want you back on. So I hope, hope this was a good experience. Hope I can drag you back out. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, no. <laughs> so... Be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Be sure to join our private Facebook group, Wedding Videography for Beginners. You know, again, thanks everybody. Thank you, George, for being on. And I hope everybody's staying safe and healthy. And we will talk to you here in a couple of weeks. All right. Bye. I still haven't found an ending yet. Still don't know how to end a podcast. I say the same thing now <laughs> in every podcast because I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't have like a clap or anything. Are you looking at a really nice camera you can't afford? Are you wondering how companies afford six red Monstro 8K cameras and all the trimmings? You need to make more money so you can buy one. No, I'm kidding. You need to rent. Renting equipment is way easier than you think. You can ship it all back and forth from your house and it's way cheaper than buying. Best of all, you should include the rental cost in your pricing to pass on the expense because you're shooting with better gear. Wouldn't it be great to use something other than a Canon SL2 for your next project? Run a Sony a7S 3 or a Canon 1DX Mark III. You don't need to buy them. We rent additional cameras, lighting gear, and audio equipment all the time from Borrow Lenses. We've never had a late shipment or anything other than an awesome experience with their customer service. Use our affiliate link below to get renting today and you'll have professional equipment tomorrow.